Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Occasionally, we like to go through some of the more critical emails that we receive from faithful Latter-day Saints. This week, we've been doing just that, reading an email that was sent to us from a Mormon by the name of Thomas. And sometimes it's good to do some self-evaluation. We do want to take criticism seriously, if it's to be taken seriously. I think a lot of his his, uh, criticisms are not valid. But then he goes on to say that it would benefit us if we were to read his scripture. It would benefit you greatly to read the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants with suspension of prejudice and with the humility that your condemnation could possibly be mistaken and that there is a possibility that it may actually be true gospel of great value. There's no harm in being open to it. Let me stop you there, Eric, because I think this same argument can be used for someone like Thomas. Has Thomas done that with the Bible? Has Thomas really done that with the New Testament? Now, many times I've had Latter-day Saints say that they have, They are ready to say they have met that requirement, but for some reason, because I don't believe the Book of Mormon or I don't believe the Doctrine and Covenants, that I have not done the same thing. Again, it's another one of those no-win scenarios. You just can't win in this particular situation. And I think Thomas has made it very clear. He doesn't trust us. He thinks we're lying. We're not engaged in truth as far as he is concerned. So how can we convince someone like Thomas? How can a Latter-day Saint read the New Testament with the suspension of prejudice and with the humility that their condemnation could possibly be mistaken and that there is the possibility that it may be actually true. When they have in the back of their head things like Article 8 in the Articles of Faith, we believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it is translated correctly. And of course, we've discussed many times on this show that that word translation is most often understood to mean transmitted. In other words, we have a corrupt Bible. Even if we had a good translation, it would be a good translation of a corrupt text. So you can't win on that either. But I think this is also unfair where He seems to be able to do that in his own mind, but we're not able to do that. Now, he doesn't know us. We don't know him. I'm only going by what he writes here. He talks about to be childlike and listen not to your intellect, but to how your heart responds to what is in there. First of all, is trusting our heart a good method of determining truth in light of what the Bible says about our heart? Well, we have Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, which says there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And how about Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, which says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If I had to make a choice between my intellect and my heart based on the verses that you read, would it be wise to go with my heart that is deceitfully wicked? 
I don't think so. Now, what is intellect? Intellect is reasoning and understanding objectively. Is there anything wrong with that? Isn't that really what God wants us to do with everything in this fallen world? We need to reason and understand it as objectively as we possibly can. That's what intellect is. Certainly, we bring presuppositions to the table, but we look both ways when we cross the street. And I mentioned this term the other day, inference to the best explanation. Put down on the table all the strength of the Mormon position and let's see where it stands. If it if it's true, then we need to convert to Mormonism. If it's not true, then we need to reject it and let people know it's not true. That's what we're trying to do here is be as objective as we can based on the evidence that's available to us. So Thomas says that I'm supposed to not listen to my intellect, but I'm supposed to go by what my heart says. He says that's the best measure. So you see, even when it comes to that kind of a test, I would disagree with this test, just as I would disagree with, let's say, Moroni 10.4 about praying whether this message is true. Even your own prayers, as sincere as they are, can be led by your heart, and your heart is going to go in the direction of the worldview you already have. And he shows us what his worldview is in the next sentences. He says, if it was fraudulent, then it would be the work of the devil, and it is most clearly not. There is holiness in his pages beyond what any fraudster could entertain to bring forth, and I would add beyond what any modern-day author could fabricate. So in his mind, when he reads the Book of Mormon, there's no way that somebody like Joseph Smith, who was unschooled, he would think— could have come up with this kind of a story. It must be from God. But is it possible? You are wrong, Thomas. If it's possible, then you ought to consider all angles before you make statements like this. And let's also mention, Eric, that many times when we're talking with Latter-day Saints and their testimony that they give us regarding the Book of Mormon, they don't usually say, well, I believe it's true. It's usually, I know it's true. In other words, there's nothing you can possibly present to that individual that could change their mind because they know it's true. At least when we are having a conversation with Latter-day Saints, we are being open enough to admit, if it comes up, that we could be wrong. I have said that a number of times to Latter-day Saints. I want them to know that I don't know everything, that if you were to draw a circle on a white piece of paper, there would be a lot of white inside that circle if that represented the things I don't know. And I would say even when it comes to the Bible, there would be some white areas that I am not aware of. Could my mind be changed? Quite possibly. But with the Latter-day Saint, it's like there's never that option. They know it's true, so it doesn't matter what evidence you might present to them, they are not going to entertain it. In a case like that, who is being more honest, the Latter-day Saint or ourselves when we admit our vulnerability and that we are not omniscient and that there are things that we don't know that could possibly change our mind? Now, of course, at this point in time, we haven't come across that information, if we're honest. But at least we are saying that there is the possibility of it. But many Latter-day Saints don't offer that same vulnerability. How many times, Bill, have you listened to what a Latter-day Saint has said, and you ask him, well, how do you know what you know? 
And their response is, I prayed about it, going back to that challenge from Moroni 10. Well, there's your presupposition. How do you know that your feelings are actually correct? How do you know you're not being deceived? Uh, the Bible teaches us that it's possible to be deceived. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says we're supposed to test everything. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, there are many false prophets who are dressing up as wolves in sheep's clothing, and that you need to be aware of them. And Bill, one of your favorite verses, 1 John 4.1, it says that we're supposed to test the spirits to see if they are from God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So we have been challenged to be thinking people to take this test, the inference to the best explanation, and understand what Mormonism teaches. Now, Bill, you have read the standard works of the church. I have as well. We have studied this. He makes it sound like we really haven't paid much attention to what their scriptures say. We have looked at it, and we believe it comes short of what God's standard is based on what the Bible says. So that's why we reject it, not just because we somehow hate Mormons. Another problem that I have with what Thomas says here is he almost gives the impression that we're not even supposed to look at the Bible critically. I want to look at the Bible critically. I want to be critical in my thinking about it. I don't want to just blithely accept some things unless I can demonstrate to myself, at least, that the evidence goes in that direction. When he says twice in this letter that I am not supposed to listen to my intellect, and then later on he says, rely not on your own wisdom and intellect on this matter. Isn't that what he's just done, basically? Because well, he's, taken his, or yeah. he's, he's taken his presuppositions, and therefore he's relying on his own wisdom. But yet, it's statements like that that have led many of us to conclude that Mormonism sounds like it's an anti-intellectual religion. Now, most Latter-day Saints would bristle if you were to say that to them. And let me give you an example. Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of the church, he said, and this was in a book, The Power Within Us, page 36, to the charge that the church is anti-intellectual, we ourselves should be the greatest evidence to refute such an erroneous statement. Individually, we have been encouraged to learn and to seek knowledge from any dependable source. In the church, we embrace all truth, and whether it comes from the scientific laboratory or from the revealed word of the Lord, we accept all truth as being part of the gospel. One truth does not contradict another. I would say amen to that. We believe what the New Testament is teaching is truth. A Latter-day Saint comes up with something that contradicts what we see as truth, and they insist that their view is truth. Nelson is saying that can't be possible. If your truth is true and my truth is true, we have a real problem here because you can't have a contradiction like that, and Russell M. Nelson admits it. That's Bill is called the law of non-contradiction. Something cannot be A and non-A at the same time. The point I want to bring out regarding Thomas's guidance here towards the end of his email when he says that we're not supposed to listen to our intellect is that what Russell M. Nelson is saying in this statement? It sounds like he is very much a proponent of using the intellect, that we are going to be reasonable in our understanding and we are going to be as objective as possible in the reasoning and understanding that we have. 
if you've listened to us this past week, you can see that what Thomas has been saying is very hard-hitting. He's been very critical of us. And yet, at the very last sentence, this is what he says, Bill. I wish you the best with your research, and I hope you do it all with possible fairness and good intention. What's your response to Thomas on that? My response to that would be very similar to what I've said earlier in this week. We have had many Latter-day Saints write us and commend us for the research that we do. They've agreed that we are correct in what we are saying, at least in particular topics that they are writing about to us. If some Latter-day Saints see that we are being fair, that we are doing this in a loving attitude, and they seem to agree that we are, why is it that Thomas doesn't see that? It's probably his prejudices regarding what we're doing, which is blinding him to the motivations that we really have. It makes much more sense to an individual like that to demonize our efforts because, of course, that's going to make him feel better about what he believes. If he can show that we're doing it by some ill motive, of course that's going to make him think is right because Latter-day Saints are told that this kind of criticism to what they believe shows that what they're doing is true. When you hold to that kind of a worldview, you can understand why it becomes necessary for some Latter-day Saints to try and challenge your motives and accuse you of doing things in an unloving way when that is not the truth at all. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.